It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Get in the know. Non-stop Viking stock. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be with you on this Reckless Draft Speculation Tuesday with our guy Thor Nystrom from Betting Pros and Fantasy Pros. Reckless Speculation. And from his cave where all he does this time of year is crunch numbers, watch film. Thor, what is a, it's like a normal day like for you during this lead up to the draft? Do you shower? Like, what do you, do you when's the last time you saw the sun? Uh, can I plead the fifth on both those questions? <laughs> of course you can. I yeah. wouldn't blame you one bit. <laughs> I, I do. I do watch a lot of film. I do. I do a lot of research. Um, that sort of stuff. I'm going through a lot of the PFF pages, and then we do a lot of the the film cutups. And for people that don't want that, no, no, you know, they haven't seen the film cutups. It's like play, 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 play. So you can knock out a game in like you know three, four minutes. So you just it's like one after the other after the other, and you can see you know a guy's career in like you know a very short period of time that's what baseball's trying to be actually in real time this year yeah. finally just uh okay just go i pitch like now. that go let's yeah i'm i'm on board for that for that that pitch i see i seen some of that and i don't know if it was spring training or what I, I don't really follow baseball that close anymore but the pitchers had to get up right away and the, the guy couldn't leave the batter's box and walk around and do the nonsense i'm on board with that whole thing <laughs> i love it dude yeah. Uh, all right, this uh, this episode of Purple Daily here, where we bring in Thorne Eistrom, one of the most in-depth draft experts you're going to find across the football uh, media sphere. This is presented by TCL, now an official partner of the National Football League. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. Uh, TCL makes more than just TVs, too. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL. Dot com. So, football. Um, did you guys? Okay, I was traveling last week. Did you guys do much on Will Levis last week? We talked. Do you remember? We, we, we talked a lot of Henry <laughs> Hooker. It was a week ago. <laughs> I, I, uh, you're like, I no, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we bandied. We, we bandied Will Levis <laughs> yeah, we, about. I think. And in I fairness, I could have just like listened back and done my homework before I asked that dumb question. So much content. I mean, there's so much content here. But here's the question: Can you ever do enough, Will Levis? Because the answer might be no. Well, I think that, so, and we'll do a mock draft simulation. But the reason I ask is because over the past week, we've now had multiple NFL Network people, uh, Chad Reuter and Daniel Jeremiah. We've well, we saw Daniel Jeremiah mocked Hendon Hooker to the Vikings at 23, but we've now had a couple other guys, uh, Charles Davis, have the Vikings trading up into the teens or at 10 
to get Will Levis. And so I guess I'll just I'll just ask you straight up. Is Will Levis someone worth trading up to like tenth for if you're the Vikings? Giving up maybe a future first round pick to move up that far. I'll keep my comments succinct. N O. Okay. Yeah, he, he he's not like if if Levis falls down the board and you're at twenty three, I'm fine using the twenty third pick on him. But to trade two like I find it so hilarious that people are like, Oh, you know, you'd have to trade two first round picks for Lamar Jackson a guy who has already won a Heisman and an MVP despite never working with a, any competent receivers or running back talent. You can't do that. The, Rashad the Bateman takes, takes great offense to that. He's uh, uh, he's I'm tweeting sorry. up a storm. R- R- Rashad Bateman notwithstanding. But then it's like, oh, yeah, let's trade two first-rounders for Will Levis. So, like, there's no problem with that. Like, I, I just don't understand that that thought process. Will Levis, yeah, I mean, th- there's certain things about his profile that, that excite you. And on, like, the, the high-end plays, the flash plays, yeah, it's it's super exciting. Like, the arm in particular, um, but the 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 negatives that we've talked about, the red flags, they're they're such where there's an enormous risk in his profile and the things that we talked about. It's the lack of pocket presence. That's the biggest one. He takes a ton of sacks because he doesn't recognize the pressures coming, and when he's not taking the sacks, he's panicking when he finally recognizes the dangers on the doorstep. And he puts the ball up for grabs, or he makes a wonky decision with with the ball. And then the other problem is the lack of, of mechanics or the, the the discipline with the mechanics. So a lot of times he just throws without his base or without, you know, squaring his shoulders and stuff like that. He's nonchalant with that, even when the pressure's not there. And when the pressure gets there, you to- throw it totally out the window. So it's like, yeah, if you fix the mechanic, like when the mechanics are sound, then yes, the, the arm plays up all the more. And then his accuracy ticks way up. And so it's like, yeah, if you fix the mechanics, then 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 you're working with something. But the the where it becomes trickier for me with that is I've seen that kid either again panic under pressure and or just be crash test dummied in the pocket just so many times over his career at Kentucky. Where if, if you're trying to tell me if you just fix the mechanics, but he panics under pressure every single time, how how is he going to have discipline with his mechanics when he's under pressure at the next level? That's the bridge for me. But the positional value is such that at the 23rd slot and with the Vikings not having the future plan at that position, if they want to use that slot, if Will Levis falls down there, I'm cool with that. I'm absolutely categorically opposed to trading a future first-round pick to move up to, to draft a, a quarterback like Will Levis, where the ceiling is not enormous, 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 and the bust profile is real. So no, no matter where he's uh, potentially taken, tell me this. If he came here, you know, let's say he fell – 23rd I don't think he falls that far but let's just say he, he does um and you have Kirk here for a, a year and so you've got that year grace period to coach him and to you know basically take him to the lab and construct a new Frankenstein uh what what are the ah. what are the odds what are the odds oh, that you red. could actually coach some of this out of him fix these things the pocket presence concerns me because I think that's an internal clock but that's going to be the question. This sounds like a kid who, if you stick him in there immediately, it's going to be a problem. If you wait a year and you coach him up and you're Kevin O'Connell, how far can you go in trying to fix all of the things that you talked about? Yeah, I, I don't think he's playable in year one, at least if you want to win games. Like, right. if, you know, if they don't, if they're going to punt next year, who cares? But, uh, you know, if, if they want to remain competitive next year, yeah, he, he's not playable first year. To your, to your question, Judd, of, of those two enormous red flags in the in the Levis profile, you can fix the mechanics because it's not that he's not capable of it. You, you see times when he does it. 
it's more of a discipline with the mechanics thing than than it's you know anything else. It's 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 more it's like nonchalance. And again, because you see it even when sometimes when there's no pressure and he just sees like a guy going downfield and he's like, I'm going to, I'm just going to do a trick shot. And he doesn't even think about it. He just flicks the wrist. And sometimes you see these insane throws where he like drops like a a dime into the bucket, like 45 yards downfield between the descending safety coming down and then the cornerback the other way. And you see that without his feet set, like throws like that or it's crazy. But then, you know, but then on the other, so, so that's the thing that I think that they can fix at least the consistency with that when he's not under pressure, trying to culture him into the discipline with that. But the, the pocket presence thing, the thing under pressure, that's the thing that I don't know if it can be fixed for me, the hallmark of bus quarterbacks, like when I'm doing this, the evaluation of the quarterbacks, the, the number one thing that I've noticed over the last five, six years, when I've been doing this, where it points you to the bus, it's the guys where their performance craters under pressure. Uh, Drew Locke was was one of the primary examples of this. I, I could go back through the years, but where they're really good in clean pockets or against poor competition, but when they play better competition, when they're under uh, duress, their game's crater, and and that's mm-hmm. something that describes Will Levis. The clean pocket thing, it's funny, uh, and, and there are examples of guys that that statistically struggled against pressure, excuse me, in um, in college, but then, like, whether it was sitting for a year or getting getting the right coaching, like, it's not a total death sentence if you weren't great under pressure. There are examples, but I agree with what you're saying. It's kind of like, you know, you can watch, I used to cover baseball, you know, 10 years ago. And boy, uh, you know, look at, look at that hitter turn on a fastball, look at in your know, batting practice, hitting home runs all over the place. Okay. What happens when, uh, when someone throws you a, a you know, two strike slider on the black, right? Can you, can you hit three different speeds of pitches or, on the flip side, if you're a pitcher and you only throw 100 miles an hour, but you don't have the others, like you need to me, an NFL quarterback, your secondary pitches. How do you react when you're forced off your spot? How do you react when it's not scripted in the first second and a half? And uh, and that's been like, quite frankly, that's been part of Kirk's bugaboo until very recently. That if, if conditions are clean, if you can just keep the pocket clean for Kirk, well, that's not. Even the best offensive lines throw in the NFL are going to allow like a 25, 30% pressure rate in an NFL game. So if you're going to be, you know, running for your life and clueless for a third of your dropbacks, it, it, it becomes unworkable. A thousand percent. And, you know, I'll, I'll give Levis the benefit of the doubt in, in terms of he's a super tough kid, right? Like, I mean, he takes those shots. He will stand tough in the pocket. And last year he played through injuries. So, so you see that, but like, like it doesn't, it doesn't, you can't just put away the fact that again, he, he doesn't sense the pressure coming. And so he, he just takes all these enormous hits and stuff like that. It is an issue. And it's something that again, it, it raises that, that risk profile and whatnot. The Vikings, if they end up taking him, that's the thing where KOC and staff, they're going to have to zone in on it and, and try to work from it from day one and, and try to fix that thing. So let's play this out though, because I, you, you said, Something that intrigues me, uh, Thor, about the if you don't care how if, if you're good or not, just play him. But where I disagree with that is this, and we've seen this before. If this kid has talent and you play him, and to your point, scouting wise, he is not prepared to, to play. I mean, we have seen quarterbacks in that year basically ruined. Their confidence is shot. They never get the co- correct coaching. And so where the Vikings have an interesting decision to make here with a guy just like this is if they think that they can fix him. This is really an ideal year because you've got Kirk and Kirk might not be happy, but who get, who cares? And this whole thing of, well, is the veteran quarterback going to help the kid is overrated as hell. The question is, can the coaching staff help the, the, the kid? You know, Kirk's not going to sit there and like undermine 
he's going to go play and he might not give him a bunch of pointers. Who gives a damn, right? But where this becomes a very important thing is if you think that this guy can be turned around and you think your coaching can benefit him greatly, this is this is the year to do it. Like that's where you can make a very good case that having Will Levis stand behind Kirk and then practice a ton with O'Connell, that that would give you a grace period where, you know, yes, you would burn a year of his contract, but that might be the most important year of his career to get right with what the Vikings want. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of the situation that Levis needs to be in. If, if he gets drafted by one of these crappy teams that doesn't have a veteran, and then that team's like, oh, we need to sell tickets, and he's the face of the franchise guy now because he took him in the top five or the top seven or whatever, so we got to thrust him in right away. I, I think that's where you have problems because, again, the, the big issue, it's it's the thing under pressure, and you put him behind a bad offensive line on a team that doesn't have a lot of weapons, and like, we have to put this kid right out right away as the face of the franchise. I, I think that's where you put the scars on him like that, that may not go away. Um, but, yeah, if, if you're slow and methodical with him and you have a developmental plan and the Vikings – they, they, we've seen the reports. They've studied them closely. We know that at the combine that, you know, Levis was having, they gave him the football. He, he got to have the football during the interview and like he got to do that whole thing and whatnot. Um, it, it, you know, if they've studied his game this closely, they, ha- they must have a, a developmental plan for him. That plan assuredly would be take it easy, take it slow in year one and focus on these big things that, that you need to, to turn around as far as that goes or fix and then go from there. I need to know more. I, I just did, did. They give everyone a football. Was it was it just the one guy that they gave a football to? Were they were they looking for something specific? <laughs> is he jittery? Huh? Uh, his hand size doesn't seem to be hand a question. Size. But is his hand size? A I bet it's how the hand. I bet it's how the hand gripped the football. And I'm dead serious. What you think that's were they looking for that, Judd? I when said I think it's how his hand. Oh gripped no, the he's football. holding it in the middle of the laces. Uh, that's yeah. a, that's oh, an amateur grip. That. Can't do like that. There, like there's got to be a reason. <laughs> Actually, there are so there are a couple of photos out there where, and it's not nearly every time, but there are a couple of times where you see him like photos of him in college where he threw the ball where he didn't have it on the laces. I think it was just circumstantial, but I, I don't think that's why they gave up the football. But who knows? So he's throwing with the slick side of the football, huh? That's uh, there was like a couple throws at college. Like you can find the photos, I think, like on Google or whatever. It's sort of like the Zabruder. You're gonna have to look for him. Dude, maybe know, he doesn't have the natural ability to spin the football when back, he's dropping back. Maybe it's a the problem. Left. Back <laughs> into the right. Yeah, it's a problem. But um, I mean, he, he doesn't have hands. So I'm, I, I I got his combine measurements. It was ten ten point six two five. Is, is the oh, those are those are man hands. Those are man hands. Medium hands. Man hands. What? Uh, so now that like a lot, a lot of these data points, you know, we got the the Senior Bowl is in the rear view and the Combine. We have pro days that are kind of scattered, but um, from a Vikings perspective, so you know, main positions of long term need like a three year window receiver. They could use number two receiver. Uh, they did bring Byron Murphy, and he's a twenty five year old cornerback in free agency, but they could still use another sort of uh, Brian Flores prototypical cornerback. So what you know. Who are some of the biggest movers up and down guys that maybe were in the Vikings range a month ago, but now now, now that you've got some different data here, um, who are some of the biggest movers from a Vikings perspective? As far as first-round picks or, like, at yeah. those positions? Yeah. Um, well, so, like, you know, as far as receiver, because that's the one that, that – um, They're kind of dropping, been, right? 
yeah, I've been banging the drum for that. Judd's been banging the drum. I, you know, you guys might be on board with that one as well. But one of the key dates that uh, Vikings fans need to pay attention to, because it's between this record and the next time we do, on Thursday, TCU's Pro Day. Everyone pay attention to this because Quentin Johnson is going to be running that 40, and we'll see if he does the agility drills. He didn't do either of those ones at the Combine, but he had the 99th percentile vertical and the 97th percentile broad jump mm. at almost six foot three and 208 pounds. I, I love that kid's game. He, th- there's some rawness in, in certain areas, but he is special downfield. The explosion is special. The speed is special, particularly in that physical package. And then, like, the, his, his arm length, too, some he probably doesn't get an, enough credit for. His wingspan is a, a, equivalent to a six-foot-eight uh, person or whatever. So you have those long arms. And then his vertical jump was over 40 inches. So you think about a guy that runs 4-4, which is what Bruce Feldman had him reported at in August when he put him on the freaks list, the explosion off the line, and then he can get up in the air 40 inches. There's just not a lot of people that can go up and get it with him. But Vikings fans should pay attention to that. We almost have to root for Quentin Johnson to be okay in those tests, but not tie, like, tie his laces together. Exactly. Tie his laces together. Oh man, he, clumsy guy. If he blows the roof off, he's going. He'll he'll be out of range for the Vikings. Like I, you know, could go to the Texans at twelve or you know somewhere in there. But like I, you know, I think Quentin Johnson makes the case for wide receiver one if he blows up. But we'll just have to see how that goes. Interesting. Um, yeah, and then, but yeah, I, you know, you know, as far as the other one, you know, we we talked about Zay Flowers a lot, but I, I think that's he he's. I wouldn't say that he's moved up or moved. He's just sort of solidified but by his pre-draft process. He has solidified himself into that range around where the Vikings pick. So, I mean, he could go a little above where the Vikings pick, but, you know, just like three, the three, four picks ahead. Or if the Vikings some for some reason pass on him, it, he wouldn't last long beyond that. It'd be the three, four picks uh, behind him. And then, you know, the other positions that you were mentioning – I think the big ones on the priority list, it's interior defensive line. I think they probably need one more starter there. And then I think they, like you mentioned, they either, depending on how you look at it, they either need one more starting cornerback or two more starting cornerbacks. That has more to do with Andrew Booth and Caleb Evans than it has to do with anything else. But, um, you know, as as far as that goes, movers and shakers, Brisset, with the way that he tested, he's probably out of range for the Vikings, I would assume. I don't think he's going to fall down to 23 anymore. I've seen people mock Kalijah Kansi to the Vikings. He obviously had a really good draft process, which elevated him from, you know, the, the perception of a day two prospect into a guy, you know, that, that a lot of people are mocking into the first round. I just don't think that's going to happen. I I mean, if the Vikings prove me wrong, uh, they can go ahead. But Kalijah Kansi just does not seem to be a fit for a 3-4 team and, and what a team like the, the Vikings uh, do. He, he's just because of the dimensions he's uh you know six foot uh six foot and then five eights and then 281 pounds so he he's even undersized for a four three three technique that's that's what he is or whatever um so for me he's not really a fit for for the vikings at that position i would wait until day two or early day three and then try to take one of the the um the, the, the planet-sized uh, nose tackle guys, because Tonga right now is the projected starter there. Tonga, yeah. he flashed in limited snaps last time. Why don't you get a guy that can go with him? And, Phil, you were mentioned, you asked me about the, the riser guys. I, I can bring up a guy that potentially fell, that has fallen, that maybe falls into an acceptable price range for the Vikings that might even be able to start on day one. Maybe you could get him, I, I don't know, maybe round three um, in Siaki Ika from Baylor. Um, a, a guy that previously you go back to like the in-season mocks, he was being mocked in round one and every single dang one of them, he's six foot over six foot three, 
335 pounds, but then, you know, and, and over his career at Baylor was just dominant as, as far as occupying multiple guys every single time, making, you know, making the plays, stuff like that. But that's mostly what he is. It's addressing the run and being the run stuffer guy, whatnot. But then he goes to the combine, does not test very well, even, even for a, a, a bigger guy, whatnot. He ain't going in the first round no more. So he could fall down. But if the Vikings could get him for like the, on the discount of a round three price tag, he he's probably starting from day one. If nothing else, it, that's a very intriguing rotation between him and Tonga. So you you fill one of the spots there. Um, and then the other guy in one of the mock drafts we did was Jared Clark from Coastal Carolina. Um, you know, for later on, he's uh, six three and a half, three hundred forty three pounds. I think his testing was um, uh, it's sort of uh, off the radar because he he was like forty fifth percentile overall, but his three cone drill for a three hundred forty three pounder was ridiculous. So I think that's one that could appeal to the Vikings as did well. Did he do it? Did he do it shirtless? That if you're three hundred forty <laughs> pounds, I think the flex is to do it shirtless. I, I don't think he did it shirtless. Well, we'll have to go back and check. Come on, tape, but it, football. I think yes. he kept that. I think I he kept smoke that after on. this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! But yeah, the uh, you know, and then as far you know, just quickly with the cornerbacks, some of those cornerbacks that we had talked about previously as late first round guys, a, a few of those guys have perceptually have fallen into the second round now. Cam Smith now more and more you're seeing him mocked in the second round. Clark Phillips now almost predominantly every single mock you see now. He's going in the second round. You know, he he was previously in first in some of them. So those are guys that that have fallen a bit. Obviously, Witherspoon and Gonzalez, they're going to be taken well before the Vikings. Ringo, uh, probably, maybe, you know. Um, but that's that's sort of how I'd break down the positions of need for the Vikes right now. So if they were potentially to take a quarterback at 23, where do you draw the line? Like, who, who would you not take? Because it, it is a bunch of names. Who would you not take at 23 and like what player is your cutoff of that would be a good value at that pick? I, I would take Levis at 23. I would not trade up for Levis at 23 and like the other three for, I mean, like the other three I would trade up for, um, you know, certain everything depends on the price. It's just like in life, right? Like I want a Ferrari, but it depends on the price, right? Like uh, I probably can't afford it. But if what if your franchise? What if your franchise has not had a long-term Ferrari since uh, like nineteen seventy-eight? You're desperate yeah, for it? a Ferrari. You, you don't care. Well, well okay, okay. Well, let me yeah. throw another well, to Judd's question. Okay, so let's say so you made it clear you're not trading up for Will Levis, but you would value-wise, you would if you fell into your lap, it's a position of need. Yeah, I think it would take at this point. We know that there's going to be quarterbacks going one and two. If you want one of the other three quarterbacks, you pretty much have to trade up to three at this point, right? And Probably. that's going to cost you to go from 23 to three. And I don't think this is going to happen, but I'll just throw it at you. You'd probably have to give up. You'd have to swap your first round pick and give up your 2024 and 2025 first round picks. I think to move up that far. Are any of those three quarterbacks worth giving up that much to move up to the top three? Well, if if we're talking Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, now now maybe I'm listening. Now, now I'm thinking harder oh, about that. Because no, for me, attention. for me, those two those two guys are sure things. They're different than Richardson and Levis. Like those guys are going to succeed in the NFL, and you can start them right away. So like I I don't have I don't have any questions about those two guys. Richardson and Levis, you're 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 rolling the dice and you're you're shooting the moon. Um, Richard, you know, but the difference between the two is Richardson's got the higher ceiling and. He doesn't have quite the like. I think people look at him as as being riskier than Will Levis. I actually don't think that's the case because Richardson he doesn't have the same kind of pocket presence 
issues that, that Will Levis does. He recognizes pressure better, and, and he doesn't panic under pressure. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Anthony Richardson will allow free rushers to get within, like, two strides of him. He doesn't panic at all. Because, you know, it's in free rushers, you have to approach Anthony Richardson like, like a trainer in the zoo approaches a lion with the utmost care. Because at any point, Anthony Richardson can, can spring in any direction, and now all of a sudden he's outside the pocket. He's broke containment, and now the alarms at the zoo are going off, and everyone's <laughs> running around like crazy. You know, every, it's like Jurassic Park. You know, and he's broken <laughs> containment. Now, now we're in trouble. He ran for the eighty-yard touchdown or whatever against LSU, where he hit like twenty-two miles per hour on, on the max, you know, the radar, the max speed or whatever. I can't even hit that on a freaking bike. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so like for for me like that's that's why I, I you know with Richardson he actually I would trade up for even though there is enormous risk in his profile as well but for for those reasons that's why I'd leverage a little bit more uh in Richardson's in Richardson's case so if, if the Vikings trade back which I, I think is probable like I, I think there's a very good chance that they trade back and, and try and get a second round pick and or a higher third round pick what do you think the odds are if they trade back? Let's say they trade back to the last pick, first round, and, and get a third rounder as well. Uh, that they're that at that point in time, it is a sign that they are going to take Hendon Hooker because they clearly like him. He's gaining steam. I know you don't, but but he's he's been gaining steam. Um, I do think that he is a He's a Bridgewater temptation guy in this. If you take him with the 32nd pick, you get the fifth-year option. So if he works, you've got the extra year, uh, which is what the Vikings did when they made the trade. I think it was 2014 draft night with Seattle. But what type of signal do you think that that is if they do, if they do trade back, but as I said, stay in the first round at the very end, that that's a tip-off to a potential Hen and Hooker pick? Well, I would, you know, if they if they trade down like that, even, you know, if, if it's like, you know, right into that last slot, I wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, that's 100% Hendon Hook. Because isn't that the same deal that they made with, um, was it uh, Detroit last year, right? Where mm-hmm. then they, t- they took scene. I mean, I know it's not, you know, the exact same situation, whatever. But like, right. there are there are other guys potentially that it could be. And, and maybe it could be Hooker. I would I would put my house on the market the next day if it was. But, uh, wow. um, <laughs> but it, you know, I mean, it, it could be. Where you are you know, moving? I mean, it's, it's possible. I don't know. Detroit. Well, so you're just that you're that out on Hooker. Period, or just first round? You you just can't take him in the first round. Like he he's a he's a third round type guy. Like I just I don't see what the upside is, and there's a huge amount of risk. I I don't understand what what this first round like stuff is. He's going to be 26 at the end of his rookie season. He's a guy that only succeeded at the very end of his career, like early on in his career. You know, people call him a dual threat. He's actually really not. At the beginning of his yeah. career, he, he was only a runner when he was at Virginia Tech. Then he, he goes to Tennessee under Hypo, does not win the job coming out of camp. People forget this. He lost it to Joe Milton, who has less pocket presence than Will Levis and has no accuracy to boot. So he loses the job to, to Joe Milton coming out of camp. Then, you know, Joe Milton is Joe Milton. So then, you know, they put Hooker in or whatever. And then, yes, Hooker did succeed over the next couple of years. He was, he was very good and his game jumped up. You give him credit for that. But you have to understand the system that he was in. Josh Heupel is the best play caller that we have in college football. He just is. He has been for the last 10 plus years or whatever. He's the reason that Drew Locke got overdrafted. He is the reason that everyone thought that Albert O was like tight end one. 
for a couple of years. And I could go on and on and on. There was this kid at, at UCF that people thought was a good draft prospect for a little bit. I think his name was Marlon Williams. He was like six foot and he was like uh, 225 pounds. He was not good at all. He, 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 you know, he couldn't change directions or anything, but he had this metric ton of production because Josh Heupel would always get him wide open or whatever, just because of this scheme. Hendon Hooker, he never had to read the whole field, but it, but it goes beyond that. If you want, you know, I, I, I was talking about the cutups before where it's like, play, 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 play. Check out Hendon Hooker's cutups sometime if you want to have some fun. Uh, but, but I'll give you a little preview here. He gets the ball, and it's not just that he's, you know, it's it's like, you know, the, the whatever. It's that he squares his shoulder to the one side of the field, and he never goes back to the other side of the field. So, yes, it's on the one side, but it, it is totally telegraphed what side of the field that is. So, so now he's on, on the one side of the field or whatever. And like I said, typically Hypo has an immediately available option for him because they're playing the numbers before the snap. That's how he knows which side of the field to go to, whatever. I was watching this game. One of the all-22s that I have found a hooker, I'm trying to remember which one. I, you know, there's so many of the things. I'm going to forget which team it was. But anyhow, it, it wasn't until late in the second half the very first play that I saw in that game where Hendon Hooker started on one side and then squared the shoulder to the other side. I was so excited. It was like, you know, seeing like a Yeti in the wild or whatever. But but he, but but here's what happened. So so like the quarter before, Tennessee had done this play where they had the three guys on the bottom and then they had the one guy up top. And they they had like quick flicked it out to the guy on the bottom. And then, you know, they had the blockers out front and they just stolen like eight or nine yards or whatever. And they had motioned this guy back there um, in advance. Well, on this play, they did the exact same thing. The pre-snap stuff looked the exact same. And so the defense, they're like, oh, we know what's coming now. Because it was the same formation, same look, everything. So the guy starts motioning, and you see the defense. Oh, we got it. Okay. What they're going to do is they're going to quick throw it to that guy. So everyone on the defense starts motioning out that way. So Hooker, he gets the ball. And true to form, he squares his shoulders just like he always does and, like, mimes it. But then he he goes he he goes squares it to the other side, which again was the the Yeti moment. And on the other side, it was one on one with no over the top help. Jalen Hyatt against some poor schlub who is now on an island. And so Jalen Hyatt was like, "Bye bye." And then all Hooker had to do was just throw a lollipop to him. That's the friggin' offense that we're talking about. Yeah. This kid, like, it, you know, like it's it's not just that he doesn't know how to read and go through progressions. It's that everything was handed to him on a silver platter. He, again, he's going to be 26 by the time that, that the rookie season's done. And not only that, one other thing I wanted to say about the dual threat thing. He is a good runner, and he can throw the ball downfield and stuff like that. And so when you start thinking about him of like, oh, he's a dual threat, and you get the dual threat utility, yes and no. The the thing about Hendon Hooker is, so, you, you, Phil, you talked earlier about when you get moved off the spot. Hendon Hooker, there was 151 dropbacks over the last two years when he was moved off of his spot. In those instances, he completed only seven passes. Wow. Hendon Hooker is either throwing from his set thing where he squared to the one side of the field where, where it was designated before the snap, or when he tucks, he is running. He, it just is what it is. He that's is very, not that's very Christ, that Christian time. Ponder did that in the NFL. I, I don't have the data, but it, it, there was no run. There was no mobility to stay behind the line of scrimmage and make a play. It was, I'm running now. Tavares Jackson. Kind of similar on that front. That's it. That's really interesting. I was looking up Drew Locke, by the way. So, um, so Josh Heupel was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Mizzou during uh, Josh Heupel's junior year and sophomore. So Josh Heupel's junior year, and I'm sorry, uh, uh, Drew Locke's junior year under Josh Heupel at Mizzou, 2017. This is Declan's guy, by the yep, way. Big, big uh, Four thousand yards, 
10 yards per attempt, 44 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. This is why you can't draft quarterbacks off of, you know, back of the football card stats. That last one that, that Thor just threw out there, you know, again, like can a good coaching staff fix that with Hendon Hooker? But a huge part of the NFL is you're moved off your spot. You still have to find a way to make a play down the field, not just run or take a sack. Cause I don't think, I don't think Hendon Hooker, especially off surgery, he's not going to be like, he's not running around keeping, you know, he's not running for 800 yards in the NFL like a Lamar Jackson or somebody. So it's a very interesting note that he only completed seven passes when moved off of his spot. For sure. And the dual threat guys that I want, it's the guys where the, their legs and their arm, it plays off of one another. And when yeah. they're they're using their legs, they're still looking downfield and they're still cocked to throw. And the defense has to respect both to the last minute, right? And then once you get up to the line of scrimmage, if that option's not available, now when you're running, the, the defenders downfield, they can't trigger in advance. Until the moment that you've crossed that line of scrimmage, now you have more leeway to run into space because of that as well. But if I'm an NFL uh, defensive coordinator and we're about to play Hendon Hooker, I'm telling him, look, guys, the second that you see Hendon uh, start start to go forward in the pocket, whatever, with the ball, even if even if he's pretending like with the ball up or whatever, once he moves off of his spot, he ain't throwing. Just trigger downhill. He's running. So go up and hit the kid. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I want to see you if Hendon Hooker gets drafted first round. I want to be right by you. I want to see your your head might no. come right off your body. <laughs> yep. It might pop right off. Phil, Phil, have you sold your house in Seattle yet? Because I, I might be looking. I, you know, I don't you know. know what we, going, uh, but... we we were renting, and uh, it is available. So oh, okay. you're welcome. You're welcome yeah, to. We, we actually have it for though. like three more days, I think. So you can oh, you check Smith it country. out. <laughs> Let, let's ride, Seahawks. Geno yeah, Smith right. country. Oh, uh, no. That, yeah, then I have to root for Geno Smith and Drew Lock. Guys, scratch that, Phil. I'm, I'll look into other markets if you're <laughs> taking Hunter Hooker in the first round. Do you guys want to do a little, uh, little a quick rapid-fire mock simulation here? Mock. Yeah. Mock. All right, this mock simulation presented by our friends at Manscaped, Declan. If yep. you want to uh, prepare yourself for uh, romantic times or for beard times. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to look like Thor. Like, look at Thor in full screen here, okay? He's got a nice tamed mane, mm-hmm. okay? You know, and old Dex tweets is, you know, getting there slowly but surely after 30 years. He can somewhat grow grow some semblance of looking like a man. I love how Thor, Thor was clean shaven two days ago. Declan, it's been three weeks. It's been, you know, it's been a couple <laughs> weeks. We, you know, I, I can get into the specifics if you really want to. But luckily, the beard hedger can help me kind of maintain this. Okay, you got, you got twenty hair cutting lengths, titanium coated T blades. It's waterproof, so you can do this in the shower too. No more standing over the sink. And then your maybe your wife or fiance gets upset because you got facial hair all over the damn place. You just do it in the shower. It's really nice. 
And whether you have a beard up here, whether you got a beard below the belt, there's plenty of different <laughs> options for you at Manscaped, okay? So if you're thinking about giving it a try, special offer, 20% off, free shipping, promo code PURPLE. It's in the YouTube bio. It's in the YouTube comment section. If you're thinking about getting a new razor, whether it's up there or down there, go to manscaped.com. Check out with promo code PURPLE and save 20% off with free shipping. Go check out our friends at Manscaped, promo code PURPLE. Yes, and we'll, we will continue to monitor Declan's beard growth here, his, uh, his wild playoff beard. All right, boys, on the screen here on the YouTube channel, you can see we have the PFF Mock Draft Stimulator. Um, I think we're just going to let's just let's go fast. Let's make a decision uh, quickly on each of these picks. It's a five-round mock. Let's fire this thing up here and see what happens, and let's let it come to us. If if a quarterback falls late into the top ten, we can make a decision together. Thor is the GM. We are the idiot scouts who get him coffee. <laughs> Let's start the draft. Bryce Young, number one. Wow, look at this. We're flying. Will Levis gone. Devin Witherspoon. So there's the first nine picks. We've got all four quarterbacks off the board. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson Jr., Anthony Richardson goes fourth. And then we have uh, Jalen Carter falling to six. Christian Gonzalez in there at five. Tyree Wilson falling to eight. That's interesting. So, Thor, if you if you see something here that warrants trading up, all right, I'm gonna I'll go. We'll go slow here until we get to the Vikings pick. But you go ahead and shot it up. If you feel like okay, there this is ridiculous. Well, there's there's your guy Quentin uh, Johnston yeah. going tenth. Okay, Broderick yeah, that, Jones. I mean that that that's where the his range, Quentin Johnston's range would start if he if he has a good pro day on Thursday. I think a lot of cornerbacks early. Uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Pretty oh, frequently Bel- going in the mid-teens. Yeah, Belichick would like him, too. He loves his slots, as we all know. Yeah. Any reason to trade up here, or are you thinking we just stand, stand pat so. at 23rd? Okay. I think we stand. We need those picks. We got a dearth of picks, so we, we need to keep the ones we got. We might see some offers here as the Vikings uh, come up on the clock here. There's Jordan Addison, the third receiver okay. off the board. We, we don't want Addison. We're fine. Bijan Robinson. <laughs> At 22. We have one trade offer. Let's see okay, what it is see. here. Let's see what it is. Or at least it's it's a team that's interested. The Broncos. Wow. How about this? What is it? The Broncos. So the Broncos are calling about moving into the first round, but their next pick is pick 67. Oh. So here's my question for you guys. Let's mm-hmm. entertain this. Would you swap 67 and 23 and then get, can we get their first round pick next year? Oh, they're it. saying no. They're saying no to that. By the way, yeah, yeah I don't think they're going to give up a first round pick. I don't think this trade's going to work. Do you, Thor? Yeah, I, I don't. That's it's just too far to fall down. Yeah, you could get both of the. You could get the sixty seven, the sixty eight, and uh, what if it's a a one oh eight? If they you get their they whole had, draft here, if you want it, yeah, they, they don't have enough. We're we're turning them yeah, down. We're hanging up the phone on those guys. Okay, I see you, George. Yeah. All right, yes, so we're on, yeah, sorry, we're, we're on the clock here. Kalijah Kansi is nope. the best player available here. You go sorry, ahead and take Kalijah a look. Too. Oh, yeah, Kincaid's there. Yeah, Kincaid we can't we can't get because we no. signed Oliver. Deontay Banks would be interesting. He tested like a friggin' banshee. Um, so oh, our boy Zay. Oh man, it's there he is. Flowers, dude. This oh, might boy. Be it. I, I you know I hate it for the audience because I I always I can't help myself with Zay, but I I really think that Zay's in in play for the Vikings. I apologize. Don't yeah. apologize, Thor. If you, hey, dude, you're you're the GM it. here. If you want Zay Flowers, we'll give you Zay, Zay Flowers. I want Zay. Zay hey. Flowers. Love Zay. There we go. All right, we'll crank this up to turbo and get to the 87th pick. Wow, look at these picks flying wow. by. Okay, I think Hendon <laughs> Hooker might have gone in here somewhere. Okay, good. I we saw a Tennessee. 
Okay. Oh, we got yep. a back-to-back Cedric Tillman, Hendon, Hendon Hooker oh, to the Patriots. Ooh, the Tennessee ooh. shuffle. I like that. Ooh. All right, we're on the clock at 87 here. Uh, no trade offers. We could try and finagle something, but I think we're picking. By the way, Tanner McKee is the best mm. player available on the uh, on the board here, according yeah, to mean, PFF. As, as far as a developmental guy, he's you know not bad. I'd rather have him in the third than Hendon Hooker before then, for sure. Um, let, let's see who else we got. Garrett Williams is in. He, he doesn't get talked about as much because he he had an injury that knocked him out for like in uh, September or early October. But he he's a good player. Andre Carter he fell down the board a little bit. He he was someone that people thought could go in the first round like way earlier. But he sucks against the run is the only thing. Mm-hmm. But very very long. He's like six six and has ridiculously long arms. Solid athlete too. But yeah, just terrible against the run. Doesn't set the edge whatsoever. Um, you keep going down a little bit. I sort of like Bigsby. We, we don't know what's going to happen with Delvin. So that, that's that's just sort of a tough one. Um, okay, I, I, I seen enough. You can go back to the top. Let's uh, let's go with um, – well, I can leave this one to you guys. For for me, this one would be either McKee or Garrett Williams. It would just wow. depend on what you think with uh, taking the developmental quarterback or if you want to you know, sort of get a discount price on, on the cornerback where he probably wouldn't have been available at that – you know, sticker price had he not suffered that injury. Judge, you want another injury plagued cornerback? How, how bad is the injury? I'm sorry. How, how, what, what's the status of his uh, injury at this point? Do you well, know? He's, he suffered the, it was an ACL, and I'll, no. I'll look up when it was, but Tanner McKee, forget about it. Don't, don't even look it up. I'm out. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was late October, October Tanner 31st. McKee. Here we go. He Judge says Tanner McKee. I'm going to develop okay, we'll a quarterback. All right. We just drafted Tanner McKee. And now we're back on the clock at 119 here, boys. Okay. 119. Let, okay, we don't want a Jomo. I I, I do want to get a um we, we got a defense a, man. interior defensive lineman and we need a cornerback. Kobe but Turner. I don't want I don't want a Jomo. I don't want Kobe Turner. I don't think those guys are good fits. Um the uh the coastal kid, uh Jared Clark, will be in play for us at some point soon. I'll get you the let me let me get you the position here D- uh, yeah. defensive interior just for fun. Okay. There oh, is. there's there's Clark. Um, we might just 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 show me cornerback real quick just to make sure we're not yeah. going to bypass someone that yeah, you got that it, we man. would regret. You want a cup of coffee? You want uh... <laughs> we just got to do our due diligence. Riley um, Moss. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I do I do like I do like Riley. Um, These guys are all like you know in terms of rank nowhere near one nineteen. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, but they're they're gonna keep going off the board. Um, Two guys named Makai. Yeah, that's that's good. Okay. Um, this time, okay. So so I think Clark will keep fall. I want to go Riley Moss this time. Riley Moss. I want to go Riley Moss. I think is he Riley the Iowa Moss kid? Will be fun. Yeah, he is the Iowa kid. All right, we're gonna we, go we, Riley. We Moss. We haven't taken Riley Moss yet, and I think there's a shot that Clark will fall to us with the next pick. That's what I'm hoping. All right, now we're back on the clock at one fifty-eight. I want Jared wants... Clark if he's still there, the interior defensive lineman, the the nose tackle. He's still yeah, there. Go. There we let's go. go. There we let's go. go. <laughs> That's what you call reading the board, boys. <laughs> and there you have it. Let's go. Here comes the grade. Here comes the grade. Oh, look oh, at that! It's an A. Oh, it's an A. It That's how you debate. Let's go. Let's go. Get the flag. Get the flag. Yes. <laughs> there it is. Wow. We fixed the Vikings again. Just fixed the Vikings <laughs> just like that. 
Amazing. Damn. By the way, if you want your Before I Die swag, we got to get some of those flags. But if you want your Before I Die hooded sweatshirts, T-shirts, scorenorth.com slash shop, S-H-O-P, scorenorth.com slash shop. There he is. He is Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. And the hooker hater. Here. America's draft expert. Hendon Hooker hater. <laughs> Thor, thank you. We love your analysis, and we're looking forward to uh, talking again next week, man. Can't wait. Appreciate you, boys. All right, there's the wrap. It's uh, Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment Speculation Therapy. We'll see you guys for a Write That Down session on tomorrow's show.